This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hello and welcome to Unquirking Story. I'm your host, Mike Carlin, and today I'm very excited to introduce you to Kathleen Glasgow and Liz Lawson. Kathleen is the author of the New York Times bestselling novel, Girl in Pieces, How to Make Friends with the Dark and You'd Be Home Now. Liz is the author of The Lucky Ones, and together they've joined forces and written a book called The Agathas, which is considered a fun young adult mystery, which is a departure from the contemporary realistic fiction that both tend to write. Here today to talk about the Agathas and the story behind it are Kathleen Glasgow and Liz Lawson. Welcome to Unquirking Story, Kathleen and Liz. Thank you. Thank you. Thank well, you nice, so much for having us. Nice to have you both here. I always like to ask kind of where your stories as, as authors begin. So we'll, we'll go with you first, Kathleen. Kathleen, where does your story as an author and a writer begin? Like going back years and years and years. And wherever you want to pick it up from, like, where did you, where did you first get the sense that this was kind of in your blood? I was an early reader. My mom was a big reader and um, she always had her nose in a book. And I realized uh, very early on that if I wanted her to pay more attention to me and not the book, I was going to need to learn to read right away. And I did. And then, you know, I was off and running and we went to the library like every couple of days together. And, and she never, she let me check out whatever I wanted. It was just fun. And I really felt like I wanted to live in books. I loved everything about them. Like that was just my thing very early on those stories and becoming enveloped in the characters and what happened to them. And it was my safe and my happy place. And I just knew that I wanted to be the person who made those worlds. And so I yeah. started writing very early and my mother was very encouraging. She used to bring home her big IBM selector typewriter from work every weekend so that I could sit there and type away at my poems and my stories. And she never said, oh, someday you'll need to get a real job. She just said, that's great. I love it. Write more. And so I, that's how I really started becoming a writer and thinking that I could do it. Kind of in the days before computers and word processors, those big, heavy, 50-pound IBM, Michelle. Yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah. And she was like all of like 100 pounds. And she's like lugging this thing from her car. They were huge. Very cool. Liz, how about you? When, where does your story begin as a, as a writer? I also, you know, would say I started writing at a young age. I um, also was a voracious reader when I was little. I still am, always have been. And, uh, you know, I would write stories when I was in, uh, like, very, at a very young age, I was writing stories all through. I remember in high school, I would write little short stories about my friends, which my friends not, didn't always appreciate. <laughs> and, uh, 
in high school, I did like a couple courses through Johns Hopkins creative writing classes, which really were super helpful in terms of like learning about story and structure. But I didn't really take it seriously. I didn't really think of it as a as a job that I could actually have until well into my 20s. For some reason, authors always seemed like, I don't know, like mythical beings almost. And so, you know, it wasn't until I took a class at UCLA and actually ended up writing an entire draft of a book that I was like, oh, maybe I, I can do this. What were you doing um, beforehand? What were you doing as sort of your day job? I worked in music for a long time. I worked in music PR and then, well, I started in music journalism, moved to music PR, and then was a music supervisor in film and television for many years until I've taken like a hiatus for the past year. All right. Very cool. Kathleen, over to you. What were you doing before you were a full-time writer, if anything? Well, I did the usual things. Like I was a waitress and I worked in a coffee shop actually a bunch of coffee shops for a period of like about a decade. And then I, I went back to school in my late twenties and the department that I graduated from offered me a job. It was the MFA program in writing at the university of Minnesota. And I became the coordinator there. And I did that for about 13 years and planned literary events. And it was a great job. And then I moved back to Tucson when I got a book deal because Minnesota is just way, way too cold. And I had to take that money and run. Yeah, I've, I've been in Minnesota, Minneapolis in the wintertime. And you know you're in trouble when every building downtown is connected by some kind of sky bridge so you don't have to go outside. Yeah, the Skyway. And then the University of Minnesota has these underground tunnels so you can get from like building to building. And they call those like the gopher trails. So, yeah. 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 Liz, where are you geographically? It looks very sunny where you are. <laughs> yeah, I know. It kind of the backlight is not always the best, but um, I am outside of Washington, D.C. We moved here about a year and a half ago from L.A. Ah, very cool. So what, why leave L.A.? We were just talking before, actually, Kathleen and I were just talking. Uh, I did a brief stint in L.A. and uh, <laughs> didn't last too long. But what, yeah. what brought you out to D.C. from L.A.? Mostly family, COVID related, just needing to have a little bit more space. You know, I'd been in LA for just about a decade and my husband had lived there for almost 20 years when we left. And uh, I think, you know, we have a kid now and we just wanted a little bit slower of a slower paced of a life for him. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, certainly LA would not be considered a, a slow pace of life, but DC isn't too slow either. No, but we are, we're a little bit outside. We're in Northern Virginia. And I, I guess most people wouldn't consider it slow, but compared to LA, I would say. It is. <laughs> well, very good. Well, let's talk about this book, The Agathas. I'm very curious about it. So actually, maybe before that, how did you two meet, you know, to uh, before you even started collaborating on something? What's sort of the, uh, the story there? Let me toot Liz's horn. Liz and I have the same editor at Delacorte. And our editor sent me a copy of Liz's first book, The Lucky Ones, which is a really beautiful, stunning book about the aftermath of a school shooting. And my editor said, would you read this book? And if you like it, offer a blurb for it. I think that this is really up your alley. And I, I read that book and I was blown away. It's a gorgeous book. And if you have a chance, you should go out and get it. And I loved Liz's writing style. I felt like we were very much kind of this, we were attacking the same difficult issues in our books in the same way. And so I reached out and we messaged for a little bit and then we ended up meeting 
in Washington, D.C. for the National Book Festival. We just hit it off. We have the same sort of dark sense of humor and anxious way of approaching the world. And we hit it off. And that's how we met. And the story of the Agathas, and I'll start it and Liz can finish it, is that during lockdown, Liz's book, her first book came out and there were big plans for that book. And then everything shut down. And we were both feeling very isolated. Things were difficult in the world. And I think that we both wanted to try something new with each other in secret that no one knew about. And Liz loves mysteries and I like true crime. And together we just sort of started noodling around like, what if we wrote this story? And Liz can take it from there. Well, first of all, Liz, anything to add to sort of the story about how you both met? No, Kathleen really did a good (laughs) summary of it. You know, it was really, it was really great that we got to meet in person. I think that was really helpful when we started tentatively talking about collaborating because we knew the other person was like real, you know, you know, that other people, (laughs) you know, that, that that people are real on Twitter, obviously, and the other authors are real humans because they're producing books, but There's, there is like a different element when you meet somebody in person, you can get to know them in a much different way than even I think on zoom. And so it was, it was really lovely that we were able to do that before COVID happened. And then like Kathleen said, my book was, uh, well, it did come out April 7th, 2020, which was not the most ideal pub date ever. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, all bookstores were closed to foot traffic and obviously, and for good reason, you know, people's attentions were on something very different than, than new authors get, having their books released. So that was a bummer. But Kathleen and I had been sort of tossing around mostly just like silly DMs back and forth about writing something fun. And we... We didn't really, I don't think, start taking it seriously until the summer of 2020 when we were like, actually, maybe we should try this. Why not? Like, let's see. And we both, we sketched our characters' bios out. We started talking about secondary characters in the world. And by, I want to say August, is that right, Kathleen, of 2020? Maybe even September was when the first chapter, I wrote the first chapter and we went from there. And we did, Liz is really good at, of planning out mystery. So she knew here's where we have to hit these certain beats and we have to have red herrings. And there was a whole spreadsheet that she designed as we were talking about plot points in the story. So, because you have to follow certain things, you can't just wing it like you might in another book because certain elements have to exist in a mystery. And, you know, we decided it was going to be dual POV and Liz would be Alice, the rich popular girl with a secret. And then I would be Iris, the nerdy reclusive girl with a secret and that one element of the book would be the secret of how these two unlikely girls become detectives and friends. And so we made a a concrete plan. She would write an Alice chapter, send it to me, and I would write the Irish chapter the next day. And we wrote very quickly. And I like to say that it was the funnest book that I've ever written because I was only responsible for 50% of it because it's really nice to write with someone else and be in that world at the same time. That other person always knows what's going on with you and can answer any questions immediately. And I, one of the things that I love about the story of how this book came to be is that we didn't tell anyone. We didn't tell our agents and we didn't tell our editor. We wrote it for us. And I think that when you read the book, that can really be reflected that we had this freedom 
to do what we wanted to do without the outside like publication business pressure dictating how we should write it. We just did it for ourselves and we had a hell of a lot of fun doing it. And then later, of course, Liz was like, you know, this is really good. We should show this. We need to show this to people. And then our editor was like, you did what? But they, <laughs> you know, they loved it. They were fully supportive of us having co-written this book, which is not always the case. Like your editor is not, they don't always love everything that you do. Right. Right. Especially <laughs> if it's a, a genre switch too, right? Because you went from yeah. writing sort of more contemporary to young adult. Did you have to learn how to write, you know, in more of a young adult type voice or how is that sort of pivot for you? Well, our other books are actually young adult also. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah. So we have been in that category, but writing a mystery was a very new thing for both of us. Like structurally, it's much more difficult, I would say, than writing. Yeah. I mean, writing a very sad contemporary book is difficult in its own way. I shouldn't say it's not because you're, you're pouring a lot of emotion into it and taking like a piece of yourself and putting it into that book. Writing a mystery is more like architecture almost, I think, because mm -hmm. you have to kind of build the building and sort of make sure like the foundation is sound or else everything else is going to collapse mm -hmm. in on itself. Yeah. yeah. And I think too that, I think it, it was probably harder for me than it was for Liz in some ways to switch the, like the tone of the voice for this. Cause we did want it to be fun. And, you know, every once in a while she would have to be like, Kathleen, can you pull back on that? That's like, a, you're getting a little too, a little too dark there, a little too Kathleen Glasgow. And those, some of those elements are in there, but she, you know, we were very good about working with each other. And, and I would say co-writing, you also have to have a certain amount of flexibility. Like the book doesn't belong to just one person. It belongs to two. So you have to really be ready to share a story if you're co-writing. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that strikes me as interesting is, you know, when you write sort of on your own or your own novel, it's it's very kind of solitary process, you know, and you're not necessarily sharing pages or chapters with other people until you feel it's ready, right? And that could be second, third or whatever draft. But when you're writing with sort of a co-writer, you're, you're sharing back and forth all the time. And I'm, I'm curious how that impacted your writing and your motivation to keep writing and your creativity. And Liz, I'll ask you that uh, to answer that one first. I mean, I think that it, it was so great in so many ways, because like you said, writing is so solitary and it was just really nice to have somebody else that, you know, if the plot seemed like it was getting a little bit stuck, we could have, we could collaborate. Whereas normally it's just you and your own brain wondering if you're doing the right thing <laughs> and being like, oh my gosh, what if I do the wrong thing? Whereas like with two people, you can, you can have more of a conversation about it, obviously. And I think that in terms of sharing pages, it was actually, it was great because I think as a writer, I know I can get very precious with my words and I am not the person who will share things usually unless they're like done or at least in good shape. But this forced me to share things that were not revised that like, when I went back, I was like, I would sometimes be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I sent that to Kathleen. But you know what? I did. And that's okay because sometimes writing is rewriting, right? right? And so like, it was a really freeing process, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked it because I think it lit a fire under both of us and it changed our approach to writing in certain ways because I think that Liz is better at writing consistently than I am like on her solo books. 
and I, you know, cause I'm very lazy, lazy and I'll go watch TV or movies <laughs> or something. And then I'm like, Oh, I have a deadline. I have to write 200 pages. And so it was good because you're like, Oh my God, Liz sent me her chapter. I have four hours to write this response chapter. And that's good to get rid of everything that is your comfort zone and be like, I have just have to write this. And it's also fun because then I could read Liz's preceding chapter and then I would text her and be like, okay, well, you did this. So, okay, if I have like Alice jump out a window onto a trampoline and she'd be like, yeah, go ahead. And that's, I mean, awesome. Like what's better than that? Yeah. Did you, uh, Kathleen, learn anything new about yourself as a writer by working in, in a sort of a co-writing capacity? Yes, <laughs> I did. <laughs> and? Um, I think that working with Liz like really challenged me to be more careful and concise in my writing, especially because we were, we were deter- we had to keep the dual POV chapters fairly short. And so, you know, I, I will go off on tangents like I am now. And I feel like that's probably, it comes from my poetry background where you just say like, whatever you want, whatever comes to your mind, like right away. And, and I think working with Liz, like really sharpened some of my writerly instincts in terms of precision and craft. And how about you, Liz? What did you learn about yourself by writing in this manner with uh, Kathleen? It's funny. I feel like I learned the opposite of what she said. Like I learned because I tend to get so I'm a perfectionist to a fault. Like it is not, I'm not using that word in a positive way. I'm, you know, I am hypercritical of myself and I like want to make sure everything is right. And that boxes me in, in terms of story I found, like, I don't find myself like I'm not as free with the idea of plot and where a plot could go as or I didn't used to be as, as I am now. Cause Kathleen really showed me that like, you can just do whatever you want. Like it's your story. And if you want to have a character jump out a window onto a trampoline, you can. I mean, like, why not? We wanted exactly. our, we wanted the girls to have adventures that seemed like a little bit heightened from reality because that should be the fun part of the book that you will do anything to solve that mystery. And then those things will happen. Absolutely. Right. right. Reality can be so boring too. I know, right? <laughs> Reality, gross. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell me, I mean, who, which of you would like to tell me sort of what this book is all about, The Agathas? The Agathas is about Alice. <laughs> the Agathas is about Alice and Iris, two teens in the sleepy coastal town of Castle Cove, who are thrown together to solve the disappearance of a classmate, Brooke Donovan. They are consistently underestimated by everyone in town and the police force partly because they're teenage girls and no one thinks that teenage girls can possibly solve a crime. They're forced to confront their own secrets and each other as they solve the mystery of Brooke Donovan. And it's very much a story, I think to me, about friendship and believing in yourself that the impossible is possible. Anything to add there, Liz? No, I think that's beautiful. And I agree. I think the core, like at its core, it's a story of friendship. And they don't, um, they don't, they don't know how to solve this mystery. And, and one of the brilliant things that Liz did was make Alice a devotee of Agatha Christie. And that's really the springing off point for the book. And they use tips and tricks from Christie novels to help them on their quest. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I have some uh, fun questions for you both, because I'm always trying to understand who my guests are as people. So first I'm going to Ask uh, you, Liz. Liz, what were some of your favorite TV shows when you were a kid? When I was really little, I think I really liked like Fraggle Rock. I remember <laughs> thinking that, that was a really fun show. 
when I was a little bit older, I loved the whole TGIF lineup that AB, I think it was ABC had, like the Full House, Family Matters, Perfect Strangers. And then when I was in high school, my favorite show, which was very short-lived, was My So-Called Life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that one. I, You know, it's funny. Perfect Strangers is one of those shows that I always forget about. But who is it? Marklin Baker and mm-hmm. uh, Bronson yes. Teen Show. Yeah. I actually got to see Marklin Baker on Broadway and a funny thing happened on the way to the forum with um, Nathan Lane. And he was he was fantastic. Oh, awesome. But no, no dance of joy, unfortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kathleen, how about you? What were some of your favorite TV shows when you were younger? So when I was younger, like around 11, I used to stay up really late and watch Evening at the Improv on A&E. Do you remember that? The stand-up comedy Oh, show? absolutely. Yeah, I have, I, uh, I have DVD yeah. copies of it somewhere. Right. And I loved that. And my other favorite shows were uh, Charlie's Angels. I wanted Chris's Corvette very much. I loved, do you remember Tuesday nights where it was Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, and then Three's Company? Absolutely. Like that's what you did. There was a whole block of time there. I didn't watch a lot of TV as a teenager but i did watch a lot of stand-up vhs tapes what were some of your favorite stand-ups from back in those days so george carlin and eddie murphy and i had an old vhs tape of lenny bruce oh wow i I liked a lot yeah i really i love stand-up and i love the history of stand-up i don't think i could ever put that i did put a little bit of that in my second book but i don't think i could ever write a book about it i wish that i i wish i yeah there you go well, Kathleen, I'll stick with you in the next one. Artist, favorite musical artist. So if we were to look at any of your playlists, who would we find on there? You would find Wilco, Bob Dylan. Oh, Jeff Tweedy, right? Right. Cave Town and a band that I'm really enjoying right now called Wet Leg. Oh, I have never heard of them, but they sound intriguing. You need to look them up on your Spotify. I will do that. Uh, how about you, Liz? Who do you, who do you like to listen to? Oh, uh, well, I mean... After working in music for like 15 years, I got burnout from music. So recently I've been listening to, to like, I don't even know. I have a five-year-old, so lots of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle theme songs. Um, <laughs> but, you know, my all-time favorites are, are bands like, like Led Zeppelin. Tool is one of my favorite bands ever. I kind of go for the really heavy stuff sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong with a uh, little Tool every now and then. Yeah. Or Iron Maiden in my case. But oh, um, nice. Liz, how about in terms of when you're staring at a blank piece of paper or a blank computer screen, depending on how you write, what, what emotions do you experience? What do you feel? Terror. My terror. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's so many possibilities. Anything could happen with that blank piece of paper. I mean, it could go so many different ways. No, I mean, it's like excitement, but also it is scary, I would say, to start something completely new. Especially when you know you're right, especially when you've written a book before and you know you're about to start trying to write one, because the first time you write a book, you're not aware of how long a book takes to write. But once you've done it, you know. So <laughs> I think that that's part of the, the fear factor. All right. There you go. How about you, Kathleen? Any different emotions when you're staring at a blank piece of paper, a blank computer screen, or, or that typewriter? I would say that it's much like Liz, it's a lot of anxiety and panic and fear. And I think part of that too is, is because once you have a book deal, there's a whole other level of expectation. I mean, it, there are things on the line now. It's the job and you have a deadline and a contract. Whereas that first book, you don't, you don't really know. And you have this immense sense of freedom as you're writing it. Like anything could happen. No one's looking over your shoulder. And, and because we have deadlines now, we probably have to write quicker than we would like to like 
you know, Girl and Pieces took nine years for me to write because I never, I didn't think anything was going to happen with it. So I had a lot of freedom. And then I get over it because writing is my happy place. And once I start writing, like my endorphins kick in and everything's, even though I write sad things, everything's easy peasy from that moment on. Yeah. Yeah. And pardon me, Kathleen, what lesson about uh, writing do you feel like you learned the hard way? Never rewrite a book entirely from top to bottom without telling your editor first. (laughs) Oopsie. So sorry, Krista. Now I know. I didn't know that beforehand. (laughs) What's that story all about? I was writing my second book, How to Make Friends with the Dark, which is about a girl whose mother dies and she doesn't have any other family. So it's a very sad book about grief. And Girl in Pieces had come out and, you know, a lot was happening with Girl in Pieces. And it's a very, that book is a very emotionally intense book. And I thought, well, maybe my second book shouldn't be so emotionally intense. And I turned in a draft of How to Make Friends with the Dark that was emotionally intense. And then I had to do a revision and my editor went away on a, an exotic vacation for a couple of weeks. And I was like, I should make this uh, funnier. You know, I should have the perspective of my character be just a little bit different in the tone. And I rewrote it from top to bottom. And then when she got back and read it, she said, what did you do? What happened here? Kathleen, put it all back. Put all, (laughs) that's what you do. You do dark things. Put all the dark stuff back. And I was like, okay. And then my my agent was like, don't don't ever do that again. (laughs) Sorry. Mea culpa. Liz, how about you? What, what lessons uh, did you learn the hard way? <laughs> to not let Kathleen do that with our books. No, I'm right? <laughs> but I have had to stop her a few times. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is true. Yeah. It's true. I would say I learned that like outlining is really important. And I have learned that several times the hard way. <laughs> did you, I mean, with your first book, uh, The Lucky Ones, did you work with an outline or, or no? Not really. I no. Like when I went back in to revise, I was very methodical in terms of like taking the notes that it was before I signed with my agent, but she had given me like an extensive edit letter and I was very methodical with that. But no, when I was writing the first draft, I did not outline. It was just very much by the feel of the book, but I have very much learned that you cannot do that writing mysteries, particularly. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in addition to sort of, you know, working with an outline, what's some advice you might give to an aspiring author, Liz? I think the biggest thing that I've learned is like you, the first thing that you write, the first full manuscript, it might not be the one that gets published or gets you an agent. And that's okay. I wrote two, I wrote a whole manuscript, never revised it or anything, put it in a drawer wrote another one, revised that, queried it, revised it more, queried it, nothing ever happened. And then I wrote a third and that's the one that got me an agent and published. So like, if it is really something you want to do, it's going to usually take more work than you might expect when you're starting out, sadly. Hey, Kathleen, what advice would you give to an aspiring author? You don't need my permission or anyone else's to call yourself a writer. You don't need to have a book on the shelf to finally call yourself a writer. If you're writing, I don't care how much or how often you're a writer. And if people ask what you do, say that you're a writer because it's your thing. And don't give up on yourself. Give yourself space and time to write when you can. And if you believe in that story, keep writing it and don't let anyone try to stop you. You are 
a writer and remember that when you're writing. And Kathleen, what advice would you give to your younger self? You know, think back to the, the person watching the, the Tuesday night lineup on ABC, Happy Days, Three's Company, or maybe Three's a Crowd, depending on the year. But uh, <laughs> what advice would you give your younger self? Don't start plucking your eyebrows because they won't come back. <laughs> <laughs> They're beautiful the way they are, young <laughs> Kathleen. You will miss them later. I would tell young Kathleen that watching TV is writing and taking a walk is writing and hanging out with your friends and goofing off is writing. And all of this will be useful to you someday. Sort of just all those experiences you're going to tap into at some point. Yes, in time. but the eyebrows thing is totally on track. <laughs> Liz, how about you? What would you give? If you could write a letter to your younger self, what would you tell the younger Liz? You know, that she, I think one of the biggest things is like, I grew up for so long, even when I was like in my teens and definitely in my twenties, I felt like I was already too old. Like I had this idea of like a child prodigy in my head and was like, oh, well, if I wasn't playing this, you know, I don't even know, like performing on Broadway by the time I was 12, I was a failure. So I would say you have a lot of time left. Like you don't have to accomplish all your dreams by the time you're 22 or 25 or even 30 or 35 or 40. You have time to do those things. You have time. Well, my big question for you is, are you both going to have time to write another novel together. Perhaps. Is there one in the works? Perhaps. 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 All right. We'll keep that one <laughs> under wraps, perhaps. <laughs> well, the book is The Agathas. The authors are Kathleen Glasgow and Liz Lawson. I want to thank you both very much for joining me today on Uncorking a Story. I'd love to give you an opportunity to you know, share any of your social medias or websites, starting with Kathleen. Where can people learn? go to learn more about you? You can go to my website at KathleenGlasgowBooks.com or on Twitter at Kath Glasgow and TikTok at Kathleen Glasgow. Oh, TikTok. Very brave. How about you, Liz? My author website is LizLawsonAuthor.com and on all socials, I am at L-Z-L-W-S-N, which is my name with no vowels. Oh, there you go. No vowels. No vowels. It was a vowel-free zone. Um <laughs> So Kathleen and Liz, thank you both very much for coming on Uncorking Story. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having us. Oh, Joseph's here. Yes, my cat has made an appearance. Meow. 